Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Wes Welker Pharmacy School. It's the fourth and inches <laughs> show kicking off its fifth year with Scott Swainey, the Sherpa, and Jana Kimmel. Jana, Jana, how are you this evening? I'm so excited. It's finally football season again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ecstasy, as Wes Welker might say, but um, he might. anyway. He might also appeal it, but we know. Secretly, we he might know. <laughs> he might ask his friend Molly, but we'll see what happens. So, how's your uh, off season been? Pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? I didn't see you at OTAs or anything, so I was hoping that uh, we'd still be on <laughs> for doing the show. But it looks like we both yeah. made it into camp just in time. We got lucky. We just right under the wire. <laughs> yes, especially me. So, without further ado, why don't you tell people how they can uh, join in the fun of our fifth anniversary season here? All right. So, obviously, uh, we are all about having your voice heard. We want to have your opinion in uh, whenever you feel like you have questions, you want to add something in the discussion, you can always call us at 347-989-8088. Uh, you can find us on Blog Talk Radio. The chat room is open. Uh, you can also find us all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com and on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can always email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be with you until 10.30 tonight, as we always are on Wednesday nights giving you all the previews, the news and notes for all of the Week 1 matchups. We will clearly steer you to victory here. So, of course, along the way, as Sherpa and I tend to do for five years running now, there may be a few small disagreements. (laughs) With the emphasis on disagreements. I I think we'll all come out better in the long run for it, though. Yeah, when we say small, we're not referring to the the guy on uh, the Madden 15 that's one foot two inches instead of six foot two inches. <laughs> Just although it's, we both feel that way at times when we're talking to each other, but that's beside I mean, the I point. Am very low to the ground, but not quite that low. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and we don't fly and defy gravity either, the way the uh, offensive lineman for the Rams does in that game. It'd, it'd be awesome if we did, though. It would be. So should we dive right into the games or I think so. Let's just let's uh go for it. Let it rip. All right. So first game to open the season tomorrow night, we've got the defending Super Bowl champions, Seattle Seahawks. They're hosting the Packers and you never know what to expect the first game of the season. You know, it's usually two pretty good teams going after each other. Last year might have been a little bit of an exception when Baltimore had lost a lot of players to retirement or, or you know, other things. So there it was a little bit easier to predict that Denver would emerge victorious there. This year I think it's more of a, of a toss-up, but I'm going to go with Seattle starting off their uh, title defense with a victory. I'll say Seattle 24, Green Bay 21. I, I like the score. Uh, I don't know if I'm totally sold on Seattle winning this game. Uh, Ideally, obviously, I'm a bit of an Aaron Rodgers homer, but I think this one's going to come down to the wire. I don't think we're going to have any replacement ref type of issues, but I think whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Um, I want to believe it's going to be Green Bay, but I think I'm going to actually pick Seattle. 
Uh, first first shocker of the season. <laughs> Hopefully no fail um, Marys at the end. <laughs> I mean, we just don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to find out, but I would love to see Green Bay win this game. I think there's a lot of fantasy value here. Uh, I like I, – I know a lot of people are on the fence about whether or not to start Aaron Rodgers against the Seattle defense, but let's be honest. If you drafted Aaron Rodgers, whoever you drafted as your backup quarterback – unlikely to have the type of ceiling that Aaron Rodgers is going to have for you this week, even though it is Especially a tough decision Especially if he plays for Buffalo, up. the Jets, I mean, Buffalo, Oakland, or Jacksonville. I mean, it's true. <laughs> but I, granted, for the most part, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be an overall better option than whoever your number two quarterback is. And if you're playing in a two-quarterback league, that's an absolute no-brainer. I know it's Seattle. I know they're big and scary, but I still think you're going to get value here. Um, I am going to start running back Eddie Lacy. It feels like it's taken a couple of years, but we're finally here. We sort of have a, a true number one running back in Green Bay. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, definitely start Jordy Nelson. I really like Randall Cobb to have a breakout game here against Seattle. I think the matchup, as crazy as it sounds, is actually going to kind of work in his favor a little bit. So I'm higher on him this week than a lot of other people are. Uh, as far as Jarrett Boykin and the rest of the wide receivers go, I'm going to leave them on the bench this week. And the the gaggle of tight ends that Green Bay is running out there right now, Andrew Carlos, Richard Rodgers, Brandon Bostic, I just stay away from all of them. Nobody's really emerged as a true clear-cut number one, got to be a starter on your fantasy team tight end there. I'm also saying no to kicker Mason Crosby in the defense. You definitely have better matchups uh, come Sunday. So for Seattle, I would start quarterback Russell Wilson. I like Marshawn Lynch a lot, wide receivers Percy Hartman and Doug Baldwin, and I like their defense in this game. Stephen Hauschka, the kicker, is okay start for me, and I would stay away from tight end Zach Miller. Oh, Zach Miller. Just, yeah, I have nothing against never, him personally, but I would just stay away from him. Never going to be your ear on, on the fourth and inches show, I feel like. No, not as long as he's playing in that offense. But Sorry, we'll bro. see. Right. <laughs> so now we go to the first of the games that I would recommend for Sunday. If you were uh, looking for a knockout pool, I think there's three obvious candidates this week. This game happens to be one of them. Buffalo at Chicago. I just yeah. I don't really <laughs> see much to like about Buffalo. I know some people are a little down on Chicago's defense, I'm not one of them. I think they're going to have a pretty good defense to go along with a really good offense. I'll take Chicago to double up on Buffalo in this game. I'll go Chicago 34, Buffalo 17. I I think that probably is pretty accurate. I We might be a little generous giving Buffalo 17 points, but it is, it is week one. They could surprise us. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think with the way E.J. Manuel is playing right now and the injuries that they have on offense in particular, I just don't think Buffalo really has any chance of overcoming Chicago here. It's no secret, I'm not a big Jay Cutler fan, but this is still a far better matchup for him than it is for E.J. Manuel. As far as Buffalo's fantasy prospects go, the only way you should be starting E.J. Manuel this week is if you're in a two-quarterback league. Um, I do like C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson. I think both of them are going to have some value for you. Uh, Sammy Watkins we saw is a little dinged up. He's more of a flex option for me. I do like wide receiver Mike Williams if I had to pick one out of the bunch. 
Leave Robert Woods behind this week. Uh, same thing for tight end. Scott Chandler, kicker Dan Carpenter, and the defense. There's just just not going to be enough points there. Don't don't sure start your fantasy season starting the you know the Buffalo kicker or defense. That's just not going to work out great for you. Don't know why I'm not as high on Fred Jackson this year. Maybe I'm just thinking that age is finally going to catch up with him. He does seem ageless, but I'm just thinking maybe this is the year that the wheels come off for him. But we'll see. But I like that. I, how... I don't disagree with you. I just think, especially this week, somebody's got to produce some kind of offense, and he and C.J. Spiller are the most likely candidates out of this bunch. Yeah, well, I like how they have a quarterback named DJ, a running back named CJ, and they just cut a <laughs> wide receiver named TJ. So yeah. whatever that means, figure it out. For Chicago, I start I'm, a boy band or something. Yeah, the the Jays. Well, never mm-hmm. mind. Um, <laughs> J Street. So for Chicago, I'm definitely on the Jay Cutler bandwagon for this year. I know he's not the most popular quarterback in real life, but when you look at his fantasy prospects this year, he's got two of the better receivers in the game, and Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. He's got Matt Forte, who's one of the better receiving backs in the league. He's got Martellus Bennett to throw to also. I just really think he's going to have a great season as long as he can stay healthy, which means as long as the offensive line is is able to protect him. So I would start him in a heartbeat this week. I'd start Matt Forte, wide receivers Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, kicker Robbie Gould, defense. I love all of them this week. Martellus Bennett at the tight end. I'm okay with starting him too. And there's absolutely nobody on the Chicago that I, I wouldn't start this week. I feel like Jay Cutler is sort of turning into Tony Romo in that you just don't really like him as an actual real-life quarterback, but as a fantasy quarterback, it's kind of hard to say no. Yeah, I, I can see your point there. He just he seems personally, personally a little bit less likable perhaps than Tony Romo. I'm not sure I would mm-hmm. depend on Jay Cutler to stop and, you know, if he saw me broken down on the side of the road and fixed my tire at 3 in the morning on his way back from a Monday night game in Green Bay, but... You know, you never know. Yeah. Hopefully you're never in a position to find out. But yeah. Uh, no, but you. for whatever reasons I just really like his his fantasy prospects this year and think he's being overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So onward and southward for the games this week. Here's one that I've had a hard time with. New Orleans is one of my NFC favorites to make the Super Bowl, but Atlanta, a lot of people down on them after last year. But going into last year, they were a lot of people's, well, I should say they were my Super Bowl pick for the NFC last year. That didn't mm-hmm. quite pan out. But this year, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm still not that keen on a team that relies on Steven Jackson as their feature back. But I think the rest of the team will be better this year. Roddy White, I'm not as high on as most people are either. I'm not sure that you recover from a serious injury at 32 and become a productive receiver again, but we'll see. But I think this game's going to be closer than most people think, but I'll still pick New Orleans to to win this, but I'll say New Orleans 28, Atlanta 24. I like New Orleans by three. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think this is going to be kind of a throwback to how the New Orleans and Atlanta games were two and three years ago when both teams were, you know, realistically competitive and, and kind of going at each other the whole time. I 
I don't – there's just no way Atlanta can be as bad as they were last year. The the amount of injuries, the severity of the injuries, and just how they played overall, it, it's not going to be duplicated. There There is going to be a bounce back, whether it's, you know, to being a playoff team, to being uh, – you know, making a deep run or going to a Super Bowl, I don't necessarily know. But I do think they are going to be competitive. I think that they're going to surprise some people. But I just – New Orleans just has so much talent, and they're a team that knows how to win, and there's something to be said for that. So I think they're going to get this victory this week. Fantasy-wise, there is plenty to work with here. Definitely starting Drew Brees. This is uh, a game where you – are, are looking more at the offense than the defense, and that's obviously Drew Brees is going to be the start of that. I like Mark Ingram. It looks like he's going to be the quote-unquote number one back for whatever that really means in New Orleans. It doesn't usually mean a lot, but we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> Pierre Thomas I like more as a flex option, and Kyrie Robinson I think is maybe a little too risky this week, but I want to keep an eye on him and see how that progresses and plays out. Uh, let's see, Marquise Colson, I think, is going to be my pick out of the wide receivers. It's like Russian roulette half the time trying to pick them, but I'm going with Colson this week. I like Kenny Stills more as a flex, and even Brandon Cooks, I think I might take a flyer on in a deeper league and use as a flex option. Absolutely going to start tight end Jimmy Graham, saying no to kicker Shane Graham, though, and I am going to start their defense, even though I think Atlanta's going to put points up. Uh, I think that the New Orleans defense could get involved in this game. And matchup-wise, it's not one of the worst ones out there. When you look at their receivers, I mean, Brandon Cooks is stepping into an ideal situation, Mm -hmm. I think, for a rookie. You know, Stills isn't 100% healthy. They lost Lance Moore. They let Darren Sproles go. So there's, there's definitely some room for guys to step up and make an impact this year. But... We'll see whether it's Cook or whether it's Bills or even Toon or Nick Toon or who knows. But uh, that should be an interesting team to follow this year from a fantasy perspective. And poor Shane Graham, you never know from one day to the next whether he's going to be their kicker this week or not. But hopefully they've settled on him for Sunday. But we'll see. I mean, tomorrow it could be different. (laughs) It probably will be. They might bring Tom Dempsey back for tomorrow. But uh, Why not, right? for, for Atlanta, I, I like Matt Ryan. I like Julio Jones. I'm okay with starting Steven Jackson or Jack Hayes Rogers. Roddy White, eh, okay on, although, like I said, I'm not that high on his prospects for the season. He was still being drafted like a high-end number one wide receiver in most of the fantasy leagues that I drafted for this year, but I don't really see it. I see him as more of a second or third wide receiver at best, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Kicker Matt Bryan, okay, okay with the defense because I don't think New Orleans is going to score as many points as they normally do. Harry Douglas is a wide receiver. I'd leave him on the bench, and even though I like tight end Levine Tololo to step up and, and at least partially Still, Tony Gonzalez shoes this year. I don't really see it happening in week one, so I would leave both Douglas and Tololo on the bench this week. Yeah. I uh, can't argue too much with that. <laughs> All right. Onward we go. We've got the uh, AFC North slugfest between Cincinnati and Baltimore on tap. This one, I think it's a coin flip. I think it could go either way, but since I'm picking... 
home teams in just about every other matchup this week. I'll, I'll switch it up a little bit and pick the road team to win here. I'll say Cincinnati wins it by a field goal. I'll go Cincinnati 27, Baltimore 24. Going with the ginger ninja, Andy Dalton. I like it. Uh, I'm also picking Cincinnati. I think that this may be by as much as a touchdown, um, but this is one of those classic, uh, you know, in-division rivalries that we like to see, especially on week one. Uh, there's a lot of good good matchups with some backstory to it this week, and I think this is one of them. Um, but I am going to start Andy Dalton this week. I'm going to start running back to Giovanni Bernard. I'm going to start A.J. Green. Uh, definitely going to start tight end Jermaine Gresham as well. I like Mohamed Sanu as a flex. I'm going to start the defense. This is, I don't think, going to be uh, a super high-scoring game. I think that the defenses probably on both sides are worthy of a start, but I am not going to start kicker Mike Nugent. So what do you think of uh, rookie running back Jeremy Hill's prospects for the Bengals this year? Do you think he's any threat to Bernard, or is he just going to be a fill-in guy that might get three or 400 yards during the season? I would like to think he's going to be a little bit of a threat. I'm interested to see what he does in actual, you know, meaningful gameplay starting this week. Um, but he's somebody that in a deeper league I might stash on my bench and, and see what will happen in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that, that should be interesting. I mean, there are a lot of rookies that could potentially make an impact. Of course, at this point, it's primarily guesswork, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, for instance, you look at Baltimore and Lorenzo Taliaferro with Ray Rice out and Bernard Pierce injured, you know, did he have a chance to make an impact this week? I'll say no, and I would keep him on my bench, but uh, Ray Rice obviously is not playing for a couple weeks. Uh, Bernard Pierce, I would think, is an okay start. Joe Flacco, I like a lot. Wide receiver Torrey Smith. Tight end Dennis Pitta, I think, is an overlooked tight end option for fantasy this year. Wide receiver Steve Smith, not as keen on him here as I was when he was in Carolina. I think Baltimore's offense overall is going to be better than Carolina's was, but I think he was probably only the the, the second or third option in Baltimore versus you know, he was a clear-cut number one option for close to a decade in Carolina there. So I'll say he's okay, but not great. Kicker Justin Tucker was getting a lot of love in fantasy drafts this year just because he can hit long field goals, but I just don't think Baltimore's offense is going to be that great this year, and therefore I'm not that keen on him. Defense, I think, is okay to start this week, but you know, overall I'm, I'm not real high on, on Baltimore's fantasy prospects, at least uh, not for early in the season. It's going to be kind of a roller coaster, I feel like. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that, of course, that describes a lot of teams' situations True. at the beginning of the season. <laughs> We've all done drafts and studied this until uh, we're blue in the face, but uh, until they actually play games, it's meaningful games, it's hard to tell. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. So now moving on to the second of the three games I would recommend this week if you were in a knockout pool, that's Jacksonville traveling to Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia might have more plays on offense in the first quarter than Jacksonville has the whole game. Needless to say, not real keen on Jacksonville's prospects. Really? I hadn't picked up on that. (laughs) What's that? I said I hadn't picked up on that. Just not into Jacksonville, huh? (laughs) 
No, not not for some reason, but uh, you know who knows. I'll keep an open mind, but this week I'm I'm keeping a closed mind on them. I'll say Philadelphia wins this easily. I'll say Philadelphia 37, Jacksonville 20, and I may be conservative both on the number of points Philadelphia will score and maybe too liberal on the number of points Jacksonville will score. I think that, I mean, I think that Philly's probably winning by double digits. Um, especially being at home, it's going to be a different look of a team. Obviously, there's no Deshaun Jackson. Uh, there's a little less chaos at the quarterback position than we've had in seasons past. But Jacksonville, granted, they are they're not an elite level team. They are not even close to an elite level team. But I think they'll be a little more respectable than people expect. Emphasis on a little. I just give them marginally more credit than most people do. Obviously, anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time over the last five years knows that I have a soft spot in my heart for Chad Henney. Granted, I don't think that means that Jacksonville will win this game. (laughs) Um, Fantasy-wise, for Jacksonville, Chad Henney really only a second quarterback option. Uh, I know that he's not the most intimidating guy, but neither is the Philly defense. Uh, I think they've they've made a few adjustments, but I don't know if I'm totally sold on them just yet. I like running back Toby Gerhardt more as a flex than anything else. Obviously, you're going to find some better options. Um, Cecil Shorts, I'll start. Marquise Lee, I might think about taking a flyer as a flex option. Say no to Allen Robinson, no to tight end Mercedes Lewis. I am going to start kicker Josh Scobie. I think that might be where the majority of their points are going to come from, but definitely not starting the defense this week. Yeah, they've got a couple of interesting rookies. You touched on Marquise Lee, who almost by default there becomes their number one receiver. But then you look at their running back situation. I'm not a real big Toby Gerhardt fan. not sure if he's really the kind of back that could gain you, you know, 12, 1,300 yards in a season. But we'll I'm see, interested you know. to see how it works out. I'm intrigued by the yeah. Toby Gerhardt sure. you know, era um, that we're in. I would actually love to see them give Denard Robinson a shot, but that's not likely yeah. to happen. And then they've also got a rookie named Storm Johnson who you know, hasn't gotten a lot of you know, opportunity We would just yet. like him to break out so that we can say his name every week on the show. <laughs> True. And, of course, Blake Bortles, at quarterback, I think it's just inevitable that at some point he'll take over for Chad Henney. I know you're a big Chad Henney fan, but I think this is just a matter of when and not if. In, but we'll in all fairness, I do really like Blake Bortles, and I don't think I'll be too broken up when that happens because it is only a few weeks away. Yeah, I would guess that by week four that he's starting, but we'll see. Maybe they'll get off to a better start than I think. And, yeah, I just think, you know, with Blackman out and Jones-Drew gone and, you know, all the other changes there, I'm not real keen on their they're doing with the defense should be interesting especially they imported a couple of guys from seattle and we'll see if they're any better but i'm not sure it's going to all gel in week one for philadelphia uh nick Foles. people are going to think i'm crazy for saying this but i think philadelphia is going to have the best offense in football this year and by default with sean mccoy and nick Foles are both going to be among the leaders in rankings at their respective positions no Real big surprise for me to say LaShawn McCoy is going to be top option in his position, but I don't think a lot of people are sold on Nick Foles yet as a top-notch quarterback, and I'm not saying I'm he's going to I'm amazed that I've been seeing him all over bust lists. 
I I think people are are perhaps being a little harsh here. I think he's going to have a much better year than some people are predicting, and it sounds like you agree. Well, yeah, I, I just look at that offense, and I know some people are saying, oh, defensive coordinators have had another season to adjust to Chip Kelly's offense, and they'll be fine now. But, yeah, I'm not so sure. On the other hand, he's more comfortable with his personnel and has had a chance to implement more things. And you know, Nick Foles has been the quarterback from day one this year, and they've got, of course, they lost Deshaun Macklin, but, you know, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, but they have <laughs> Macklin back from injury, and, you know, Zach Ertz should be a year better, and they've got Darren Sproles, and they have the rookie Jordan Matthews. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm not an Eagles fan, as you know, but it pains me to say mm-hmm. this, but yeah, I think they're going to be the class of that division pretty easily unless something goes majorly wrong there. I mean, I, I think it's going to be an interesting team to watch for sure. Yeah. So the track meet begins this Sunday. I'll go start quarterback Nick Foles, like LaShawn McCoy a lot, like wide receivers Jeremy Macklin and Riley Cooper a lot this week, tight end Zach Ertz. Um, I'm not sure. Their, their kicker today is it Cody Parkey or Alex sure uh, Henry. I think it's Alex Henry still, is no longer employed by the team, so Cody Parkway it is. Well, yeah, I thought so. I, I see him still listed on a depth chart, but I guess that's out of date. But, you know, Parkey I picked up in a couple of leagues where I had Henry just because I think that, you know, you know whoever the kicker is for this team is, is probably a better option than most other teams' kickers. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll go with um, Parkey and I'll go with the defense. I'm also okay starting running back Darren Spoles, wide receiver Jordan Matthews, and tight end Brent Selleck this week. So we'll see where the chips fall here, but uh, pun intended. But I'm <laughs> anxious to see how this team's going to do this year. Hopefully so, uh, they'll lose in division since we are both NFC East fans. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll lose four games in division, but uh, at least four, but we'll see. So mm-hmm. <laughs> moving on, we've got Washington at Houston. This is you know, both teams had disappointing last year. Houston was a popular choice in the AFC to be a Super Bowl contender last year. That obviously didn't happen. Washington may not have been a Super Bowl pick in the NFC, but I think thing, people were expecting big things out of RG3 and hoping that he could come back healthy. That obviously did not happen, but I'm hoping that he'll be back and fully healed this year and we'll see how things go with him. This week, I think this is another one of those games that's a toss-up. And, again, my gut says that Washington is probably a better team out of the shoot, but since Houston's at home, I'll give them the home field advantage. I don't think either team scores a lot of points this week, but I'll say Houston 21, Washington 20. Welcome to the underachieving bowl. (laughs) This is, uh, like you said, two teams that did not do quite what was expected last year, and now nobody really knows what to expect from them. Um, I agree it's kind of a toss-up. I'm taking Houston, taking them by a touchdown. I think that perhaps there are a few too many parts, moving parts in Washington right now. They need to gel a little bit here. Uh, But honestly, this game could go either way. Uh, I just – I don't have a, a an overwhelming reason for thinking Houston's going to win this game other than, hey, maybe Arian Foster's going to break out. But I just, I'm interested to see what this Houston team looks like. I have a better handle on what I think the Redskins are going to look like, but Houston's a little more of a mystery to me. As far as fantasy goes 
for the Redskins. I like RG3 more as a second quarterback option this week. Like you said, he underperformed. He wasn't totally healthy last year. I think he's got his legs back under him a little bit, but right now he seems to be second-guessing himself somewhat and not quite going with those first instincts, and that's a problem for me, uh, as well as I don't think it's going to be that high scoring of the game. I am going to start running back Alfred Morris. I'm going to start Pierre Garçon. Deshaun Jackson is more of a flex option for me. Until I see him be a little more productive than we have in the preseason, I'm not ready to quite go that far with him yet. Uh, Tight end Jordan Reed, who I think is going to have a huge year this year. I don't know if this is the best matchup for him. I like him more as a flex option. Um, I am going to start kicker Kai Forbath. I think we're going to see a lot of field goals here. Uh, the defense I could go either way on. I'm, they're kind of right at the edge of the, the top 12 in my, my rankings. So if you need to pick somebody up, they're probably available. If you need to start somebody, they're not going to give up a ton of points, but they're not going to really win you a game either. Yeah, there's a couple options that are intriguing to me for Washington this year, I, with all the cuts they made at running back, all of a sudden Roy Hallou is their mm-hmm. floor, clear number two. And, you know, Alfred Morris, they haven't used him much as a pass-catching back the last couple seasons. So, to me, you know, Roy Hallou is somebody that if I had a deep bench, you know, is definitely worth Very picking up. Very intrigued by him. Yeah, I think Deshaun Jackson, I'll go the other way on him. I think that he's somebody that I expect to have a huge year. I think that wouldn't surprise me at all if he leads the team in receiving yardage. And even Andre Roberts, I think, has a chance to be fantasy-relevant in this offense. But, of course, it's Mm -hmm. just week one, so it's all speculation at this point. But we'll see how things pan out. Hey, that's what we're good at, speculating. (laughs) Yeah, especially week one. For Houston, there's there's some definite problems there. You know, Matt Schaub was a disaster last year. Case Keenum did okay, but he's gone now. Ryan Fitzpatrick is in. He's shown in you know, his previous lives in St. Louis and Buffalo that you know, he has moments uh, where he can be pretty good fantasy-wise, but you know, he's not somebody you can really count on to carry your fantasy team. But that said, Arian Foster, his back is a concern for me, so I was surprised to see him still going in the first round of a lot of drafts that I did this year, but We'll see. I think he's a good option this week, but uh, Andre Johnson I think is still a good option. DeAndre Hopkins is somebody I really look to as a breakout candidate for this year at wide receiver. Yeah. Tight end Garrett Graham, I know a lot of people aren't real high on him, but I he's somebody that I would pick as a, a sleeper at tight end this year. I also like the defense, I think, between J.J. Watt and you know, Jadavian Clowney. They're going to have a pretty good uh, defensive line, and you know they should be better this year. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm okay with starting him. Running backs, you know, if anything happens to Foster, I think either Jonathan Grimes or rookie Alfred Blue would be decent fantasy options. But given that Foster seems to be healthy going into the season, probably because they haven't played him at all in the preseason, I would leave those two guys on the bench this week, and also uh, leave kicker Randy Bullock on the bench for what I expect to be a pretty low-scoring game. All right, let's keep rolling. So the other AFC North divisional rivalry game this week is Cleveland at Pittsburgh. 
It's funny how uh, Johnny Menzel went from being Johnny Football to Johnny System all of a sudden when the, his uh, replacement <laughs> Hill at Texas A&M had a big first game, and now you know, on top of all the other nonsense with Johnny Menzel, people are down on him. don't think it really matters much this game. He's not starting anyway. Brian Hoyer looked okay last year while he was starting, but you know, of yeah. course got hurt and knocked out for the season. Pittsburgh, hard to know what to make of them. Yeah. Losing Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is going to hurt, but you know, they've still got some options. I think you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be better. You know, his, his second season, they're running back. You know, he, at least he's not starting the season injured the way he did last year. This game, I think it'll be a close game. I don't think Cleveland will be the mess, especially on defense, that people seem to think. But I'll say Pittsburgh wins this by a field goal. I'll say Pittsburgh 24, Cleveland 21. I'm going to take Cleveland for the upset here, Um, partly because I think it would be a little more interesting for me that way. (laughs) Uh, But in all honesty, Pittsburgh is just such a a crapshoot right now. It's so hard to think what we're going to get out of them. Um, They could come out and they could look like world beaters, or they could come out and look kind of like they're running a Chinese fire drill and no one really knows which end is up, which we saw a few times last year. Cleveland, I'm intrigued. I liked what I saw of Brian Hoyer before he blew his knee out. Uh, if he can carry that over, that'd be great. Uh, they've Even though they lost, Josh Gordon obviously is a huge blow. I think there's still a couple of guys out there that are going to be good assets in that receiving game. And I think that even though Brian Hoyer is the starter right now, I think they're going to find a way to use Johnny Manziel. We may see him a couple of plays even in this game. I think there's going to be a package somewhere. He comes in just here and there. I just don't think Cleveland's going to be able to stay away from using him and selling those jerseys and those tickets. And I I just don't think we're ever really going to hear the last of old Johnny's system. But uh, You know he's going to be a cowboy in a few years. I know. I'm I'm mentally blocking that out and hoping it never happens, but there's 100% chance it's going to. Yeah. It's such as life of a Cowboys fan, but we'll get there. (laughs) For now, fantasy-wise, for the Browns, Brian Hoyer, I'm on the fence on. I prefer him more as a second quarterback option, Uh, but if you're really desperate or in a very deep league, uh, you can, I guess, go ahead and start him. It's just, what are you going to get? hard to say. Uh, I do like Ben Tate, um, Andrew Hawkins, and Miles Austin. I'm going to go flex options for both of them. I'm interested to see what we're going to get out of Miles Austin. Quite frankly, it could be uh, very productive. It could be absolutely nothing. So this is going to be an interesting game. I do like tight end Jordan Cameron. I think he's going to have himself a nice year with Brian Hoyer and later Johnny Manziel both going to be kind of needing that tight end crutch. Uh, definitely don't start the defense or kicker Billy Cundiff, uh, partly because Billy Cundiff just isn't a good kicker, but I don't necessarily think this will be a, a great defensive matchup that you're probably going to have better ones elsewhere. I'm also curious to see what rookie running back Terrence West is going to do. He's in a situation where you've got a running back who's had you know problems with injuries historically, and he's been very good when he filled in for Foster in yeah. Houston, I think he had a season where he was where they were both thousand yard backs a couple of years ago. But uh, I'm curious to see if West gets an opportunity at some point, and if he does, what he's going to do with it. 
as far as it, Pittsburgh goes this week, uh, Le'Veon Bell I like a lot. Antonio Brown is definitely up there you know, in that second tier of wide receivers right now. We'll see if he can work his way up to the first tier of the season. I like the defense this week, although it's probably one of the few weeks I'll like them. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger I'm okay with. Wide receiver Lance Moore, it'll be interesting to – see you know, how he adjusts to his new surroundings, but I think you know, there's a chance for him to do really well here. Tight end Heath Miller had a nice bounce-back season last year. I think he's okay for this week. Kicker Sean Sweetson, I seem to end up with him on a lot of fantasy teams this year. I'm okay with starting him this week. Not so keen on LeGarrette Blunt or Dry Archer as uh, running backs and uh, wide receiver Marcus Wheaton. I know a lot of people are tabbing him as a breakout guy, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if Lance Moore, if he can stay healthy, is, is ahead of him on the depth chart before very long. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Lance Moore is going to do more than people uh, seem to be predicting for him. It's like they, amazing to me how quickly they forget. So speaking of forgetting, we've got Minnesota at St. Louis. I forget who St. Louis' quarterback was supposed to be, but I just know that I drafted him in one league the day before he got hurt, so that would that hurt. But uh, this game, again, I think this is one of those matchups where it should be close. I'm not expecting a lot of offense out of either teams. I think St. Louis's defense is a lot better than their offense. Minnesota probably the other way around, even though they have the uncertainty at quarterback. What does it all add up to? I think you throw the names in a hat and pick one. I'll go with Minnesota to win by a field goal on the road. I'll say Minnesota 20, St. Louis 17. I'm going Minnesota by a touchdown, thanks to Adrian Peterson. Uh, like you said, this is kind of a toss-up. St. Louis is clearly not the St. Louis they expected to be. Um, even with Sam Bradford, I don't know if I was totally overwhelmed by them. But Minnesota has just as many question marks at quarterback. Matt Castle is going to start this week. We'll see how that works. I like him better as a second quarterback option. Definitely starting Adrian Peterson. Wonder how long Minnesota pondered that decision. Yeah, right. <laughs> So many options in Minnesota, but uh, I do like Cordell Patterson at wide receiver. Obviously, he had himself quite the year last year. Uh, we as a show were fans of him, and I think that he's going to be a bright spot in that receiving core. Greg Jennings could be a flex option. Staying away from tight end Kyle Rudolph this week, no defense, no kicker Blair Walsh. The Blair Walsh project will have to wait another week. Yeah, he is kind of shaky, just like the the footage from the film. But the the guy <laughs> I'm interested in there as a rookie is uh, Jarek McKinnon. If yeah. something happens to Peterson, or even if they just decide, you know, he's got a lot of wear on the tire and we want to keep him somewhat fresh as the season goes on, I'm interested to see how they're going to deploy McKinnon and whether he ends up getting you know, 100, 150 carries, and if so, what he can do with them. He's another one in a pretty deep, rookie running back class, nobody there that really stands out and overwhelms you and you say, yeah, this guy's a future rushing title guy, but a lot of guys that if given the opportunity could turn into very valuable fantasy options. Mm-hmm. So St. Louis-wise, I really like Zach Stacy to continue the good work that he did last year as a rookie. I like their defense. Kenny Britt has emerged from the dead in Tennessee, and now he's at St. Louis. Of course, the question is, can anybody get him the ball? 
but I, I like yeah. him okay. Brian Quick, I think, would be okay as a start. Tavon, Tavon Austin, maybe a flex option. Tight end Jared Cook, I know a lot of people are down on him. I'm not as down on him. So you know, if you're desperate for a tight end, I think he's okay to start this week. Obviously, Sam Bradford out for the season. You know, Sean King, I'm not sold on him yet. He had some nice games when he was filling in for Matthew Stafford in Detroit a few years ago, but then again he was throwing to Calvin Johnson and not to Brian Quick and Kenny Britt. Running back Benny oh. Cunningham and Trey Mason, I leave those guys on your bench this week, and uh, wide receiver Stedman Bailey, who's suspended, and tight end Lance Kendricks, who's not suspended, but should still be on your bench. Man, I just that St. Louis team, it just never ever clicked. Like they had the talent, they had it all together for a couple of years, and it just just never could get over the hump. It's kind of disappointing. The defense should be interesting to watch this year, but of mm-hmm. course, unless their defense outscores their offense, they're probably not going to go too far in that division this year. But we'll see. Yeah. So moving right along. We've got the Tennessee Titans at Kansas City. This, for me, is another coin flip game. Not really sure what to make of it. Jake Walker, I was really down on him last year, but he surprised me. I didn't think he could improve much on his 55% completion percentage from the previous year, but he did get his completion percentage up to 60%, which makes him borderline useful in fantasy. Got a couple nice (laughs) young wide receivers to work with, Delaney Walker is, is more than a serviceable tight end fantasy-wise. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this game in the upset. I'll say Tennessee 24, Kansas City 21. I'm going Kansas City. Uh, I I like the idea of the upset pick. I just don't know if Tennessee can actually pull it off. Um, I just I think Kansas City's got a little too much going for it. But... Fantasy-wise, Jake Locker this week I like as a second quarterback option. But I think if you need, uh, you know, a bye week guy or you need, you're in a two-quarterback league, I don't think he's a terrible option. He's got some receivers. He's got some offense around him. And we've seen he can, he can make some of these plays. So maybe this is the year he kind of takes that step forward. But uh, running back Bishop Sankey, I think I'm going to start. Kendall Wright, Justin Hunter, both flex options for me. I'm saying no to Dexter McCluster and Nate Washington. Not starting tight end Delaney Walker or kicker McKen Banani or the defense. So a little down on Tennessee compared to you, I think. Well, you didn't even mention the guy who's at least in name still their number one running back, and that's Sean Green. Oh, I actually right over him. <laughs> yeah, well, most people are. I actually like... Um, Sean Green to have a pretty decent fantasy season and uh, one little correction that I just have to make my hero Ryan Suckup has actually uh, taken over as kicker there in the last couple days so Hey there, Ryan Suckup making an appearance on the show. (laughs) There he is, and also he gets his uh, first game, he gets a chance to uh, get revenge on the team that just let him go, so we'll we'll see what he does with that. that I think that Sean Green is going to be a factor this year. Uh, I think it probably isn't going to be this week, and it may take a little time to gel. But I agree with you. I think he's going to be valuable, especially in a deeper league. Yeah, I mean, he was there. I got him as a reserve for the bench on just about all of the drafts that I did this year. And when you can get a guy who's at least nominally the starter at the beginning of the year, I think you know yeah. you have a guy who's capable of rushing 
for a thousand yards. I'm not saying he's going to do it with the other offensive weapons they have there. You know, I really like you know Justin Hunter and Kendall Wright especially this year. But uh, we'll see. They they could be an interesting team from a fantasy perspective. But as far as Kansas City goes, the only guy I'm really buying this week is Jamal Charles. Alex Smith, okay, if you must. Tight ends, Anthony Fasano and Travis Kelsey. They're okay to start if you need a flex option in a deeper league. Defense, I'm okay with. Stay away from running backs, Niall Davis and Anthony Thomas. Wide receiver, Dwayne Bowe is running bow-legged, and he's suspended this week, so don't start him. Donnie Avery, I would stay away from, and the Chiefs. Uh, kicker, rookie kicker, Cairo Santos, somebody else that I would keep on my bench this week. And like we pretty much always are, shocker upon shocker, we are running behind. <laughs> okay, well, we'll pick up the so, pace here. Two-minute drill. So we will try, New but England, for those of you listening live, it may be worth the download later on. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. So New England at Miami. Uh, I, I know you like Miami. I just can't see any way sure they win this game. I think they're still nuts at running back, but we'll we'll see. And I'll, I'll pick New England. I think their running game and their passing game are both going to be improved over last year. I'll say New England 27, Miami 17. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the score I had. I think that New England is being kind of underrated by a lot of people, in particular Tom Brady in the offense. Surprise! I think this is still going to be a very relevant, uh, definite fantasy factor. I am going to start Tom Brady. I'll start Stephen Ridley. Shane Vereen, more of a flex option for me. Let's another year of playing Bill Belichick's running back roulette. So we'll we'll use that for this week and see how it goes. I am going to start Julian Edelman. Danny Amendola, more of a flex option for me. I'm going to start Ted Ann Gronkowski. I know he's not 100%, but he's still Rob Gronkowski, and that's. That's enough for me this week. I'm going to start Steven Goskowski, but no to the defense. I do have a little more faith in the Miami offense than a lot of people. They can put some points up, but I think this week's New England's week. So for Miami, I would start wide receiver Mike Wallace, tight end Charles Clay. Ryan Tannehill, okay with starting him. Running backs Lamar Miller and Sean Moreno. Who knows what's going on there, who's going to emerge. But I think they're both decent flex options this week. Wide receiver Brian Hartline, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt or something happens that he loses his job, but we'll see. And I think he's okay as a flex option this week, and the defense is okay. Uh, Would not start rookie running back Damian Williams, who might have a chance to make an impact later in the season, and would also stay away from kicker Caleb Sturgis this week. Yeah. So moving right along, we go to the third game. This is the one that I actually recommended to my uh, coworker today in terms of the knockout pool. We've got Oakland at the Jets. I don't think there are many weeks where I'm going to predict the Jets win in a blowout, but this is one of them. It just With Oakland starting a rookie quarterback against a pretty good defensive front seven, I think that's too much to ask. I know he looked okay in preseason, but now the game's count, and I'm not sold on him yet. So I'll say Jets 27, Oakland 14. I'm going to pick Oakland for the quasi-upset here. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think I just I just don't have enough respect for the Jets, I guess. But I do think that Oakland maybe will surprise some people. Derek Carr really should only be a second quarterback option because he is a rookie quarterback, and that Jets defense is still sort of the Jets defense. I'm going to start Maurice Jones-Drew, James Jones. I like Denarius Moore more as a flex. 
staying away from Rod Streeter and all of their tight ends. I guess Michael Rivera is the winner in the clubhouse this week, but don't start any of them. I am going to start the defense, but I'm saying no to old Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, that's the, that running back situation there could really be interesting. I mean, I, I still think McFadden, if he could stay healthy, would be a, a decent fantasy option, but that's not going to happen. And then you've got, you know, Maurice Jones-Drew and Marcel Reese, and who knows what else is going to go on there. But for the Jets, their big acquisition this offseason was running back Chris Johnson. I don't think he's going to remind anybody of C.J. 2K at this point anymore in his career. But even if he could remind people of C.J. 1K, I think the Jets would gladly would settle for that. So there are two big offensive acquisitions this offseason were Chris Johnson and Eric Decker. I think they're both starts this week, start the defense. Geno Smith is the second quarterback. I don't think he'll be a disaster this week. That's not exactly a ringing endorsement, but that's the best I can do for him. <laughs> Wide receiver Jeremy Curley, underrated fantasy option, good flex play if you need him. Kicker Nick Bulk is okay. I'd stay away from running backs, uh, Bilal Powell and Chris Ivory. Wide receiver David Nelson and tight ends, Jace Cumberland and Jace Amaro, the rookie who a lot of people are high on, but I just don't see him as a viable fantasy option week one. No, not this week. So moving right along, we've got the, the Sunday late games. We've got San Francisco at Dallas. It pains me to say this, but I think Dallas is going to start off their season with a, a bit of an upset home victory here. I'll say yeah. Dallas 27, San Francisco 24. Obviously, I'm picking the Cowboys here, not just because I'm a total homer, um, but, you know, as a Cowboys fan, you got to get these little victories where you can. I think that San Francisco, obviously, their defense is reeling right now between suspensions and knees that don't work. Things aren't looking great for them. And, you know, they've they've got a couple of changes. The wide receivers aren't, aren't completely in sync yet, and there is a little bit of the Super Bowl hangover, I think. But uh, Dallas, I think, is just going to outperform them offensively. Colin Kaepernick, I'm going to start. I'm going to start Frank Gore and Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden. Stay away from Stevie Johnson. He barely made the team. I do like tight end Vernon Davis and kicker Phil Dawson. I'm on the fence about the defense. I think you can start them because it is the Cowboys, and they do like to turn the ball over, so you'll get some points there. But this is going to be one of the higher-scoring games of the day, I think. I'm really interested to see what rookie running back Carlos Hyde is going to do for them. I think it's just a matter of time before Frank Gore either loses his job for performance issues or you know, just through injuries. But you know, he's been remarkably healthy the last couple of years, so we'll see if he can keep that going. For Dallas, I would start quarterback Tony Romo, running back DeMarco Murray, wide receivers Des Bryant and Terrence Williams with Miles Austin out of the picture. He's the clear number two there, and I think he's going to be a viable second or third tier wide receiver for you this year. Tight end Jason Witten, a lot of people are letting him go this year in drafts, but I think he's until proven otherwise, he's still a very good tight end option, and if you can get him a few rounds later this year than you could in the past, all the more power to you. Kicker Dan Bailey is okay to start, and I would even be okay with starting their defense this week, which is something I'm not likely to say very often. Just one quick other word on San Francisco. I think running back, uh, not running back, wide receiver Antoine Bolden is an underrated fantasy option this year. I know he's getting long in the tooth, but still, he had a good season last year, and Michael Crabtree is back, so 
we'll see how much that cuts into Bolden's production, but I, I still think that he's a candidate to have a thousand yard receiving season and if that's the case then you know that's a good guy to have on your bench for, for fantasy purposes. Yep. Yeah, he's on a couple of my benches. I'm just biding time. <laughs> so next we have Carolina at Tampa Bay. I think these two teams are going in opposite directions. Carolina made the playoffs last year but apparently decided they didn't need any real number one wide receivers this year. I guess you could argue that uh, Calvin Benjamin could turn into one, but you know when you're mm. like Jacksonville or Carolina and trusting your number one wide receiver to be a rookie, that's a lot of uh, faith to put in somebody that young. But you know, Tampa Bay, you know, we'll see how J- Josh McCown does at quarterback. I think he'll be a step up from Mike Glennon uh, last year, but you know, a lot of it is just going to depend on how healthy Doug Martin is able to stay this year, although as we saw last year, they, they did have a couple of uh, decent running back options behind him and Bobby Rainey and Mike yeah. James. But uh, I'll go with Tampa to um, win this, and I'll say uh, Tampa 24, Carolina 21. I think that Carolina might actually upset Tampa Bay if we can call it an upset. These are I kind of call that an upset, teams right now. But, uh, yeah, it's, we'll it, it's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, this is you should really write this down. There's a week where I'm picking Oakland and Carolina both to win. This will probably never happen again. Um, but fantasy wise for Carolina, I'm still going to start Cam Newton. I know a lot of people aren't into that this week. I know he's a little banged up. He's going to wear the flak jacket and the whole nine yards, but. If there's one thing we've seen from Cam Newton, it's he's a first-half player. He's going to be way better for you in the first half than he is in the second half. And he likes to prove people wrong. So everyone's been doubting on him. I think he's going to come out and try to make a point. I'm also going to start Mike Tolbert. D'Angelo Williams more of a flex option for me. I'll start Jericho Cotri this week and tight end Greg Olson, but I'm staying away from the rest of the receivers, including you, Kelvin Benjamin. I'm going to start the defense, I think, for Carolina. I just don't see this being a hugely high-scoring game, but definitely stay away from kicker Graham Gannell. Tampa Bay, I'm going to start running back Doug Martin. I like the defense. Quarterback Josh McCown and kicker Patrick Murray, I'm okay with starting. I would not start running backs uh, Bobby Rainey or Mike James. Charles Sims is on IR, so definitely don't start him. Tight end Austin, Safarian Jenkins, and Brandon Myers. I, I wouldn't start either of them this week either. So we'll see how that goes. So now on to the Sunday night game, which should be one of the more intriguing and one of the more high-scoring games of the week one. We've got Indianapolis visiting Denver. Andrew Luck, again, like uh, Jake Locker last year, I was down on him because of the low completion percentage. But he, like Locker, was able to get his completion percentage up from around 55 to 60%. So you know, maybe there's still hope for him. I know I'm not as high on him as, as most of the rest of the fantasy world seems to be, but you know, it remains to be seen. Conversely, I'm not quite as high on, on Peyton Manning this year as most people are. I think he's likely to drop back a little bit and be maybe only the fourth or fifth best fantasy quarterback this year. Part of that is a function of having lost a couple of receivers, and part of that is just a function of I think Monty Ball is going to be a really good running back for him this year, but uh, when it, when you add it all up, I say Denver wins this by a touchdown. I'll say Denver 31, Indianapolis 24. I like it. I like the score. Um, I am very high on Andrew Luck this year. I'm also still big into Peyton Manning, even without Wes Welker for four weeks. I think he can overcome that. 
Um, but as far as Indy goes this week, I'm starting Andrew Luck. I'm starting Trent Richardson. I'm starting Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton. Stay away from Hakeem Nix, tight end Cody Fleener. Um, definitely not starting the defense, but I am going to start kicker Adam Benetieri. For Denver, I would start Peyton Manning at the risk of stating the obvious. Running back Mahi Ball, wide receiver Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, tight end Julius Thomas and kicker Brandon McManus. Um, I'm I'm neutral on kicker Dan. I mean, I'm neutral on um, on the you know, defense and stay away from uh, running back Lonnie Hillman, wide receivers Wes Welker, who's suspended, rookie Cody Latimer getting a lot of good publicity, but I wouldn't start him. Uh, Andre Caldwell, you know, same thing, and tight ends Jacob Tammy and Virgil Green. I'd stay away from them as well. Yeah, all right. We're in the home stretch right. here. We're in the home stretch, and of course, week one, there's a new tradition. I think it's in its third or fourth year now of having two Monday night games week one of the season. The first, the earlier the Monday night games, the earlier of the Monday night games is the Giants at Detroit, and I'm not real keen on the Giants' prospects this year, but I'm not real keen on Detroit's ability to, to keep from you know, tripping over themselves and, and seemingly seemingly sabotaging themselves. I'm going to pick New York to win this game, but I think it'll be close. I'll say New York wins it by a field goal. I'll say New York 27, Detroit 24. I'm taking Detroit. Uh, I just I think they have a little bit more going for them overall than the Giants do. I just, I'm not totally sold on how this Giants team looks just yet. I like Eli Manning more as a second quarterback option. I'd, I'm interested to start Rashad Jennings, see how that goes. I am going to start Victor Cruz. Ruben Randall more of a flex option. Someday he's going to break out and be the receiver everybody expected him to be. Uh, but say no to Odell Beckman, the tight ends, any other receivers. Not starting the defense, not starting kicker Josh Brown. I'm eager to see as a Giants fan how Andre Williams is going to do there. I know his big knock on him is he didn't even catch a pass his senior year at Boston College. So, you know, how can you take a guy like that and expect him to be in every down back? But uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm just not sold on uh, on Jennings, but we'll see what happens. For Detroit, I would start quarterback Matthew Stafford in a heartbeat. Running back Reggie Bush, I think, is an underrated fantasy option. Yes, he's getting a little bit older, but he's shown he can do it all, running and receiving. Wide receiver Calvin Johnson is, a, you know, is about as no-brainer as it gets in fantasy. Golden Tate, I think, is also going to be a nice fantasy option for them this week and for the year. Tight ends, Brandon Pettigrew and Eric Ebron, I'm neutral on them. Start them if you have to. Uh, rookie kicker, Nate Freeze, I'm okay with starting, and I'm okay with starting the defense. I don't really get the love for Joyce Bell. He's getting a lot of love you know, going into the season fantasy-wise. The only way he's really fantasy-relevant to me is if something happens to Reggie Bush, and I don't see any signs that that's going to happen. So, And I don't see this being running back by committee. So, you know, that's, that's how I see Detroit shaping up uh, this week and this year. All right. Uh, and so, let's wrap it up real quick. Wrap it up with San Diego and Arizona. To me, these are two teams with uh, pretty good defenses and suspect offenses. But, uh, again, this game I think could go either way, but I'll pick San Diego. Flip a coin. I'll take San Diego 28, Arizona 27. I can't argue too much with that. For San Diego, I like Phillip Rivers. Uh, Danny Woodhead more of a flex as well as Ryan Matthews. I'm going to start Keenan Allen. 
Malcolm Floyd a flex for me, saying no to Eddie Royal. Uh, no to tight end Ladarius Green as well, but I am going to keep Antonio Gates as a flex option. Going to start the defense and kicker Nick Novak. Arizona, I like quarterback Carson Palmer, running back Andre Ellington. Had a nice, sneaky, quiet uh, season, mm-hmm. good season last year. I think he'll continue that. Michael Floyd, this is probably the year he surpasses Larry Fitzgerald, but I think they're both good starts this week. Okay, starting Jay Thiele. Okay, starting the defense. Stay away from running backs Jonathan Dwyer and Stephon Taylor and wide receivers John Brown and Jared Brown and tight end John Carlson. Awesome. And that brings us to the end of our week one preview. We will be back next week from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday night, as we are every week. Find us all week long at thefantasyfootballsherpa.com and the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. All kinds of great stuff there. You can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Uh, you can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And you can always find the Sherpa at fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter and myself at jkim 16 And we would love to hear from you as well as answer any of your questions come Sunday morning about your lineup, so feel free to hit us up all over social media. Thanks for the show, Jenna. Happy fifth uh, season, and uh, good luck, everyone, this week. Hope you're all 1-0 when you hear this next week. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.